Welcome out to the second episode of the Agreeable Casuals podcast. We are thrilled to be back on the air today. We typically will have a guest with us as the purpose of our podcast is to have a guest come and convince us of their potentially unpopular takes. But tonight we thought it might be best um, for just the two of us to introduce the podcast and ourselves as we discuss some of the most important topics surrounding basketball and the NBA. Peyton, what can we look forward to about this episode? Thank you for that quick intro, Brayden. And yes, thank you listeners for joining in for our second episode. We just wanted to also give you a little bit of taste of Brayden and I so you could get to know us a little bit better. But yeah, in a world filled with philosophical conundrums such as, is water wet? And are Pop-Tarts ravioli? And the latter of which is true. Yes, Pop-Tarts are ravioli. I will debate it to the ends of the earth. We set out on today's podcast to explore a variety of quick-hitting questions for you, listener, to consider as you go about your day. And these questions are brought to you by our own wandering minds, as well as the ever-knowledgeable internet websites known as Reddit and Twitter. So the first of which is, who would be a better defender? Isaiah Thomas with a gun or Marcus Smart? I can give some context to this, Braden, if that would be helpful. Go for it. So Isaiah Thomas is famous for being a terrible defender, five foot nine. I don't know if he could guard a flagpole. But that being said, given that he was given a gun, maybe he could be a better defender than reigning defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. What do you think? Now, before we get into this, I would like to make it known that Andre Robertson was initially the defender um, when this question was posed on Reddit. We decided to change it to Marcus Smart because our audience is full of casuals <laughs> who may not be familiar with Andre Robertson, but that man would shut James Harden down in the playoffs mm-hmm. in James Harden's prime, lockdown defender, on ball, off ball, one of the most underrated defenders in NBA history due to his free throw shooting and offense in general. He is not in the league anymore, but Marcus Smart is coming off defensive player of the year campaign where he has already started this season off by guarding some of the best players and holding them to abysmal shooting percentages this season. Um, So Peyton, what are your thoughts initially on Isaiah Thomas with a gun versus Marcus Smart? Who would you take? Something that just came to mind and I think is an, an important consideration is what kind of gun are we giving Mm. Isaiah Thomas? Because given that we give him a water gun, (laughs) I imagine that the only thing that's happening is maybe James Harden slips. (laughs) And uh, also, assumedly, that we give him something like, I don't know, a bazooka, (laughs) then he's probably causing some damage to the court as well. Could he carry the bazooka? That's an excellent question, and I think the answer is no. Isaiah Thomas is not known for being especially ripped either, for those listening at home. (laughs) What are your thoughts? I think no matter the gun, I think I would go with Marcus Smart here. I think, are we really going to think that this gun is going to make a difference? Like, are people actually going to be scared that Isaiah Thomas might use it? Mm. I think it would be an empty threat that would not really get him anywhere. Do you think Isaiah Thomas would be willing to shoot someone? (laughs) And the reason I ask that is because Isaiah Thomas famously wanted them to bring home the Brinks truck. And, and, well, he is now out of the league. So 
it is safe to say he did not get that contract, but the defensive scarcity with a gun would certainly bring something to the floor, whether that be a lawsuit or, I don't know, jail time. <laughs> it certainly would be different than the outcome he has right now. That's fair, although I do think that rather than the players potentially, his opponents potentially being afraid of this, I think that fan in Philly who, quote, just wanted a frosty would probably be Isaiah <laughs> Thomas's number one target if he had a gun on the court. And just for added context on how bad Isaiah Thomas is at defense, he is listed at five foot nine, but how tall do we think he really is? Like, given that NBA players generally over or understate their height, it's rarely an accurate representation. Mm-hmm. How tall do we really think he is? I think I'll go with five seven and a quarter. And a quarter? I'll give him a quarter. Why does that quarter make a, a difference for you, Braden? <laughs> no, that's a good question. I would have to say because Isaiah Thomas needs all the help he can get. I think maybe those shoes, maybe he wears like a little bit of uh, bigger shoes that give him that quarter, probably 5'7", but um, his shoes give him an extra quarter. That's fair. Yeah, I would have to say probably 5'2". Mm. <clears throat> Continuing on with the discussion of the weapon, is there merit to giving players weapons in games? I'm trying to think if there's any examples um, if players who could have potentially benefit from this. Um, Matt Barnes we talked about last week. What mm-hmm. if we gave Draymond a weapon? That's a good point. Would Jordan Poole still be alive? <laughs> I would argue that Draymond does already have a weapon, and that is his foot from when he kicked <laughs> Stephen Adams in the nuts. Oh. <laughs> Additionally, from our conclusions of last week, where we agreed that violence is the answer more often than not, I would say maybe it is beneficial that the NBA give this a try. Mm. Are there any other players that you think would benefit especially from this? I think Patrick Beverly could Ooh. could really benefit because I would say it's a an added layer to his already tenacious defense. Like if he had nunchucks, I mean, who's stopping him on defense? Are we going to give certain weapons to certain players based off what they need? Mm. Is this going to be a personalized delivery? I say yes. What do you think? I agree. I think guys like Giannis and Rudy Gobert are probably fine. I don't think they need anything. Mm -hmm. But I think depending on how bad you are, maybe Trey Young might be in the gun conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a player-by-player basis. Are we... And, you know, we are a socially conscious podcast. Are we being discriminatory towards shorter players? <laughs> now that you mention it, I'm trying to think of a, a bigger player. I mean, I think Carl we, Anthony Towns is pretty bad defensively. I think he'd be in yeah. that conversation. Anyone else coming to mind? If he were still in the league, I would say we give Enos Freedom. <laughs> Because he is trying to fight for his freedom at this moment. Ooh, that is so true. He probably believes in the Second Amendment to the point that he would bring a gun <laughs> <laughs> on the basketball court. So I guess that's probably good for that. I think we can move on to another Reddit fascinating question that this one I think really merits some interesting discussion. Somebody suggested the idea with, with the Prime Warriors in 2016 when they won 73 games, if they should just form a circle, so have four players interlock arms and form a circle around Steph Curry so nobody could get there in between him and he could just have any look he wants. Do you think this is a feasible strategy? 
I think it's certainly something to consider, and I don't know why the Warriors haven't tried it yet. I mean, Steve Kerr is known around the league as one of the most innovative coaches, mm. like maybe of this generation, but he hasn't tried this yet. Like, how are we not giving him more criticism? That's a good point. And if you look at the guys they've been drafting lately, maybe that's why they're trying to build up toward that with lengthy, lengthy guys like Kaminga mm. and uh, Wiseman. Maybe that's why the Warriors drafted them, so they can. I just maybe they just haven't had the personnel up to this point. No, that's a good point. I am concerned, though. Are we worried that there would be downsides to such a performance? I'm trying to think of any potential downsides. I don't know if there are. If you can get guys with long enough arms, and um, as long as they're capable defenders, and you can still have them guard one through five, I think this could really actually be a good idea. Uh, I do have one downside that you may not have considered. Are players scared to hold hands with each other? Because I think when you're thinking theoretically about how such a formation would work, we do have to do it like ring around the rosy style Absolutely. where everyone holds hands and gets in a circle. I, don't, I just don't think it really works any other way. I, mm -hmm. I can't wrap my head around it differently. Do you think that's a, a problem the league should be worried about? Possibly. Another thing that they uh, is now coming to mind, they could potentially, I think the refs could hammer down and consider it a moving screen. Mm, and that's knowing a good the point. way the NBA refs like to assert themselves and take control of games, that would not surprise me for them to quickly disband that idea. Hmm. But could we argue that the refs are showing anti-amicability by, <laughs> <laughs> by essentially ruling against the holding of hands? Like Possibly. the refs are then inciting violence, and we know the NBA is against violence. Uh, well, do we? <laughs> Draymond didn't get suspended. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or the refs are typically against violence. I think that the NBA should be promoting amicability a lot more. So maybe this could be their response to failing their failure in the Draymond situation. Maybe this is mm -hmm. how they can make up for it: is maybe promote this kind of play style. Yeah, and I think it would really be a uniting moment for this country to see Jordan Poole and Draymond Green hold hands. Absolutely. That's what we all need right now. I agree. I very much agree. And additionally, let's say the Warriors could pick anybody they want. Who are some players that you would want to see in this scenario where we're forming a circle around Steph? What instantly comes to mind is guys just with the longest arms possible, maybe some height. So, so like, Rudy Gobert can't block Curry's shot. You don't want Isaiah Thomas out there forming this circle. <laughs> <laughs> so height and long arms obviously comes to mind, mm -hmm. but then you've also got to balance that you need to play defense on the other end. You need, you can't have five bull bulls out there. Mm -hmm. You need some variety and players who can guard each position. Um, so I think of a guy like Evan Mobley is probably the best example that comes to mind. Young, fresh, very athletic, offensively skilled, but a potential defensive player of the year candidate, very lengthy, very tall. I think he's your dream um, player in this situation. Yeah, certainly. What about Thaddeus Young? Ooh, I knew it'd be a matter of time before you brought Thad Young into this podcast. For those listeners at home who don't know, Thaddeus Young is potentially my favorite player in the NBA. I know last week I said Lou Dort, and while Lou Dort does hold a very special place in my heart, I can't help but hold an even bigger one for Thaddeus Young. If, in case you haven't seen it, there is a very prevalent ESPN statistic where he is compared to NBA greats, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Larry Bird. Please look it up. He's one of the greatest of all time. 
The numbers don't lie. <laughs> they certainly don't. <laughs> it is certainly a statistic that exists and is factually accurate. So what about Thad Young would put, put, make him perfect for this situation? Just his Thad Youngness? Or is there a certain trait that he has? That's a good question. I think I'll dive a little deeper into the that statistic that we were just talking about. I mean, given that he averaged like six rebounds per game, which is something only done by like four NBA players in history, I would say definitely his ability to go hustle and get that board after mm, Steph misses. That's true. Steph's not going to shoot 100%. Right. He's only going to shoot like 50. So. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to our next question? I think that's a good move. I think we covered that pretty well. Okay. So something that Braden brought to my attention that I honestly had never really seen before, but I think is something certainly worth contemplating is would Giannis still be an MVP caliber player if he had to wear flip-flops every game? Mm. Now we know typically, especially within our culture, it is popular to wear basketball shoes. But what if we force Giannis, an unstoppable force in the paint, to wear flip-flops? I think I think he'd still be good enough to be in the league. I really Interesting. believe that. I think he could hang. Really? Um, just with his pure dominance, he could post up. He could be like 2001 Shaq mm-hmm. and just feast down there. He would lose the downhill explosiveness a little bit. But I think his just pure dominance in the paint would be enough to keep him in the league. I'm not convinced on MVP caliber though. How about you? Hmm. Yeah, I think the the flip-flops certainly do slow him down a little bit. I almost wonder if at a certain point he gets frustrated and just goes barefoot <laughs> <laughs> and just lets the dogs hang out. I don't know. But I mean I think barefoot Giannis is MVP level. You think so? I think barefoot. Yeah, I would I'd be terrified of barefoot Giannis. Interesting. If oh sorry, go ahead. Would bare feet make him even better than he currently is with basketball shoes? Well, I'm thinking about like that evolutionary statistic. Nobody looked this up or cited it, but aren't we <laughs> aren't we supposed to like as humans, aren't we naturally supposed to be barefoot? That's what I've heard. But also like we've worn shoes all our lives, so a instant adjustment back probably wouldn't go so well. Not not quite. Well, okay. Let's say that the sandals were instead of, you know, having the thing down the middle, splitting the thumb toe from the second toe would, um, what if, what if it, that part was removed and they were more like slippers? Hmm. Would he have a hard time keeping the slippers on though? Well, see, I think it's a, a limiting factor, right? That's a good point. So is he less than, than a playable player at that point? With slippers? Yeah. Might depend on the team. <laughs> what teams do you think that he would still be able to play for? The Los Angeles, never. Mind. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Lakers. Um, I think Giannis Slipper Giannis would probably put up thirty a game in Sacramento. <laughs> no, I I can agree with that, and I think that's due to the greatness of Sabonis as well. Absolutely. And just the Kings culture in general. Yeah, great culture. Ownership, Mike Brown. (laughs) One of the greatest coaches of all time. That's right. So in order to say playable player is like this bottom tier that we're having Giannis at. But let's say we're not putting Giannis immediately back into basketball shoes. What type of shoe would he have to wear 
to get into, let's say, starter level? Mm. Is it Crocs? And are they in sport mode? (laughs) (laughs) I do think Crocs would get him there, but I don't necessarily think he needs sport mode. Okay. I think either way he goes, I think that's enough to to get him on a starter as a starter on an average NBA team. Mm. Now that I'm thinking about it, not that he has to, like, not that being good at defense it doesn't make you a mobile player, but maybe his defense would hold up pretty well. Mm. Like, especially the way that he defends, he kind of like hangs out near the paint. Yeah, and then protector. Yeah, exactly. So he could still be a all defensive caliber player with or without like Crocs. Mm. Do you think black air force ones is where we draw the line? (laughs) (laughs) Well, given that he might commit some unnamed crime (laughs) to, (laughs) to everyone in the arena, I think we should stay away from that type of shoe. What do you think? I think that's a good move. Not even Giannis can uh, make that work. (laughs) Should we move on to our next question? Yeah. I, um, Wanted to see your thoughts about this. Can be a really quick one, but it has been brought to my attention that Ben Simmons potentially looks like the Mona Lisa. Your thoughts? You know, now that I think about it, I would say they do have some striking similarities, and not just looks wise. Braden, would you like to fill in how what other similarities they have? This actually came to me the other day. I think we can clearly point out that they are worth millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. but they do absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a stat the other day, Ben Simmons so far this season, if you've taken the under of his points on with Vegas, like placing bets, if you just take the under with Ben Simmons every game, you're going to be a millionaire by the end of the season. Wow. The over under yesterday was 8.5. Some dude bet a decent amount of money. Ben Simmons scored four points yesterday. (laughs) The Mona Lisa might actually do more than Ben Simmons right now. If Mona Lisa was in the... <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Like she... That's their name. Anyways, if the Mona Lisa was in the NBA, how many points are they averaging and why is it more than Ben Simmons? <laughs> I give them a solid nine points a game, just enough to be ahead of Ben Simmons. I will agree with that. Right below Alexi Pokushevsky, though. Not quite Poku level. Obviously not. No one scores as many points as Poku. That's right. So now we'll talk about a question that is a little bit more relevant. Recently, we just heard Carl Anthony Towns be critical of Anthony Edwards' food habits. He said Anthony Edwards is famous for saying that he enjoys the establishment known as Popeyes. But unfortunately, Kat said that he does not like that Anthony Edwards eats at Popeyes so much and wishes that he would have a better diet. Brayden, what do you think about this? Can fast food improve your performance? I mean, if you look at Anthony Edwards now, he's a star. He's been just continuously improving ever since he got in the league. A lot of people were down on him as the number one pick, saying the Wolves reached. It's mm-hmm. a bad pick. He was going to be a bust. But he has silenced all those haters, and I think Popeyes might have a lot to do with that. And they actually tweeted the other day. Um, they responded to Carl Anthony Towns saying, we support NBA players and all high-level athletes eating fast food, no matter what their teammates say. Wow. So strong of Popeyes to say <laughs> that. I bet Cat is shaking in his boots. <laughs> Doesn't take much, so I believe that. <laughs> Insert DeMarcus Cousins' cat meme. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm wondering, in 
as you know, I'm someone who is all about optimizing performance. Is there a different fast food that Anthony Edwards should be eating in order to maybe bring him to MVP level? I don't think anything goes quite as hard as the Popeye's chicken sandwich, but maybe if you paired it with a McDonald's soda, mm. I think he would just explode. We might have to put <laughs> Anthony Edwards in the MVP conversation at that point. Now, see, I was thinking in a little bit of a different direction. I was thinking Waffle House waffles, but mm. specifically at like 3 a.m. Like mm. Anthony Edwards is physically not allowed to eat waffles outside of that time. <laughs> Kareem and soon to be Jordan's record would be in danger. I agree. I agree. You mean LeBron? Did I say Jordan? Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to cut that. LeBron. No, we're leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned the Popeye's chicken sandwich, which is the best chicken sandwich? Like out of the the key ones, like Chick-fil-A. I think mm. McDonald's has one. KFC has one now. Bojangles. They are getting them. But um, especially in terms of performance, I think there's just something about that. Popeye's chicken sandwich. That performance. <laughs> the reason nobody talks about Anthony Edwards doesn't go to Chick-fil-A and he's putting up 25 a game. So I think that seems to be working for him. I'm trying to think. I don't know if any other players that have promoted any other kind. I know teams will give out free Chick-fil-A if the other team misses two free throws or situations like that. But um, they save the Popeye's for their athletes. The resident vegetarian on this podcast <laughs> I will have to agree that Popeye's is better. I mean, I think the sandwich is just bigger. It's a better deal. Mm, crispier. Yeah. I mean, the mayo they put on there. The bun is better. Yeah. I know a little bit too much about this. Sorry. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. Also relevant to this current season that we've started. Yes. Do you, Peyton, believe that LeBron James and his doodling <laughs> is costing the Lakers a chance at a championship. They have not won a game ever since he posted a picture on a story the other day of his doodle of Bart Simpson. I'm going to be completely honest. I think yes. <laughs> and I mean that with 100% sincerity. I do wonder what Bart Simpson has inspired within LeBron to only mm. shoot like 20% from three this year. Historically, he's like a 35, 36% mm. three-point shooter. And I mean, no one on the Lakers can shoot right now. So it's possible that he's just put a curse over the whole team. That is true. I know yesterday after the game, um, Pat Bev in his interview said, we have been shooting 20% on the season, but tonight we shot 26. So we're improving. <laughs> Do you think the 6% improvement could be potentially because Braun may be drawing other characters other than Bar Simpson now? Wow, that's a good question. It's certainly possible, but has, I don't know, do we have the statistics on it? Is LeBron drawing other people or is he putting them on their his Instagram story? This is complete speculation on our part, mm -hmm. but one might believe that he may be drawing Bart's sister, Lisa. I mean, Lisa is known as the intellectual and we know that LeBron likes to at least read the first page of the book. <laughs> so certainly. <laughs> Certainly, Lisa may be helping the chances, the Lakers' chances of making smarter plays. Now, if it is Lisa that he is drawing, do you think that's his passive-aggressive way of informing the Lakers that they need to draft or that they need to trade for Ben Simmons, aka Mona Lisa? Wow, how did I not put two and two together? You know, if anything, I think so. It's too bad they don't have Taylor Horton Tucker anymore because <laughs> they certainly could just trade him in a first-round pick for Ben Simmons, right? You could trade Taylor Horton in a 
and Tucker in a first round pick for just about anyone in the league, according to Lakers Twitter. <laughs> Certainly so. <laughs> Shall we move on to the start bench cut, Brayden? Yes, I have a fascinating, for those of our viewers, our listeners who don't know what this is, this is a very common trend on Twitter where we list three players and the other person has to decide which one they would start, which one they would bench, and which one they would cut from their team. So Peyton, for you, I'm wondering who you would start bench cut out of Jordan Poole in front of baddies, Thad Young, just in general. Wow. Or Nas Reed when he's playing the Clippers. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Nas Reed is this, I would say, career, what, six point per game center? <laughs> Probably. But anytime he plays the Los Angeles Clippers, he absolutely dominates them in a way that I've never seen Jordan dominate anyone. And so start bench cut, that's great. And it like ties together so many of the things we've discussed on this podcast. I'm going to have to cut Thad Young. Wow. I know. I never thought I'd see the day. I know. It's so hard. But, I mean, there's two other generational talents. Like, after our last podcast, I was really thinking about if I was Jordan Poole, how good would I play with Batty's present? And it would be pretty darn good. So I'm going to have to start – Jordan Poole and bench Who, who's left Nas Reed versus the Clippers. Yeah. I think, I think that makes absolute sense to me. Now I have a start bench cut for you, Brayden. Ooh, let's hear it. And also tying into what we've discussed today. So who would you start bench or cut Isaiah Thomas given a gun? And we're just going to assume a typical handgun for okay. this scenario. That's fair. Steph Curry with a circle of players around him. And these players are not afraid of holding hands. Mm or LeBron James without artistic talent. So that means that he is posting no drawings. LeBron James without artistic talent is what got him in the GOAT conversation. Um, I do believe the Bart drawings is what's drawing the Lakers down right now. And even with Steph's circle of players around him where he was probably shooting 50 to 60% from three, I think Bron is just that dominant that – actually, you know what? Well, Isaiah Thomas is getting benched – or cut. I'm sorry to Isaiah Thomas. I don't think the gun is enough – I just think it's an empty threat and it won't do anything and he's just still going to be disrespected. Isaiah Thomas is crying right now. He is. I just wanted a frosty. Um, I think I think I'm going to start Steph. I'm going to start Steph and bench Braun without his artistic talent. I think there's just nothing you can do about Steph with a circle of players around him. Wow. I can respect those decisions, although I probably would have cut Steph. That's fair. I mean, who can turn down like a little child with a gun. <laughs> For our listeners, we do not have anything against Isaiah Thomas. No, absolutely not. He, like, I respect him so much. I like him. But he's getting all the hate today. That's fair. For our last segment of the day, is that, that okay if I go ahead yeah, and throw us into it? Let's get into it. We're talking about the new Drake and 21 Savage album, Her Loss. Breaking news, the release date has actually just been moved to not Friday the 27th or the 28th, but to the week after that of November the 4th. What do you think? Well, they said that their producer got COVID, but do we really believe that? (laughs) Absolutely not. We all know that they were planning on dropping this album tonight, but Rihanna announced that she is dropping a song tonight and Drake just couldn't handle it. Do you think, well, I guess let me ask a deeper, more philosophical question. Who hurt Drake? Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna? And ASAP. 100%. And ASAP. Oh, yes. 
do you think Drake sees Rihanna as the one who got away? I do. Th- I, I just think that he was too good to her. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a great punch. <laughs> and um, she was, he was too good to her, but she was too good for him. Mm-hmm. And that's what it came down to in the end that, I mean, she's too good for ASAP as well, but I think Drake just needs to move on and he shouldn't let this completely face him the way that it has. I would say that the person who's potentially hurt Drake more is Millie Bobby Brown. (laughs) As she has absolutely ruined his reputation. Regardless of whether those accusations are true or not. Drake, what are you doing? (laughs) I do think there's some merit to your Millie Bobby Brown um, consideration there. I do think we need to also consider Future may have multiple features on this album. Could he be potentially talking about Ciara now that she is with Russell Wilson, who is um, just completely gone off the deep end. I will be completely honest with you. I had no idea that Future had ever been romantically involved with anyone. I just assumed he was mad at the world. Mm, that is fair. <laughs> like, clearly someone heard him, but I had no clue who it was. <laughs> Do you think Drake changed the drop date because he's scared of Rihanna? I think so. I think he's just not able to move on. Um, he just needs to take some time to take care and uh, take care of himself and not worry about what's going to happen if him and Riri were to drop on the same day. I just don't think he can handle that. Yeah. You know, you say, Riri, like maybe you guys have a sort of history together. Would you like to indulge us in your potential fandom of the artist known as Rihanna? That might have to be its own episode one day. I think we could save that for an entire episode. I don't want to give our listeners too much yet. Oh, sure, sure. So keep listening if you'd like to hear about Brayden's childhood obsession. <laughs> Who said it was only childhood? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've certainly covered a fair amount of interesting topics today. Whether they have merit to anyone is of question, <laughs> but we certainly discussed them. <laughs> yes, and we'd like to thank all of our listeners out there, and we'd like to hear your opinions as well on some of these crucial topics as it relates to the NBA and society at large. And if there's anyone out there who would like to come on and convince us of their potentially unpopular take, we would love to have you on the Agreeable Casuals podcast. Yeah, you can message me at, no, just kidding. I'm not giving my <laughs> phone number out. But, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you are still listening up to this point, we are the Agreeable Casuals podcast, where if you can't convince us, can't convince anyone. Thank you, everyone.